Welcome to the Pregnancy Help Podcast. I'm Christine Grimmett. I'm here with Tracy Shellhouse. She's our Vice President of Ministry Services at Heartbeat International and Beth Deemer, our Director of Affiliate Services here at Heartbeat. And we'll be talking about our upcoming conference and how you can help your team make the most of that week of training. So April 26th through 28th in Louisville, Kentucky, or Louisville, depending on who you talk to. It's a powerful time. It's a fun time. It's an intense time of learning. It's just a lot to take in in just a couple of days. You know, I'm looking forward to being there as a Heartbeat staff member and and talking to some of you in person. Uh, For those of you who are going for the first time or you're taking a whole team of people and um, you have questions about what to expect, how to get the most out of it, how do we not just feel like it's a whirlwind of a week, but really take what we've learned and then use that in the center in your day-to-day work. So I've got Tracy and Beth who have insight. They have the experience. Uh, We will talk about the virtual conference, which is happening as well as the in-person conference that week. Uh, You can visit heartbeatservices.org. There's a banner right there on the homepage that you can click on to learn more about that. So Tracy, this is your first year as a Heartbeat staff member at conference. Although you've been to conference many times before as the CEO of the center that you worked for. And so you've been there many years from that side. This is going to be a different experience for you. Uh, What are you looking forward to? What are some of your favorite parts of conference from past years? Can you tell us about that? I can. Um, The conference, what was always one of the biggest things for me in the year. I looked forward to it. I was excited about it. Um, I was the person sitting at conference uh, waiting to hear the announcement for where we were going to be next year and uh, would even start making plans uh, then as to what that was going to look like. And so for me, this is an exciting experience because I have so appreciated the education and the equipping and the engagement and the relationship building that comes through the Heartbeat Conference and how it has benefited me and the teams that I've led in the past. And at the same time, I'm seeing it from a very different perspective. And I had no doubt that a lot went into making the conference happen and to make it a possibility. But seeing everything from this side has been exciting, but it's also um incited some conversations. And so I have found, you know, Beth and I talking about conferences and different things that I've done or that she's done um, when we were leading centers to make them effective. And, um, you know, and it's also been fun too, because Beth is one of the people that I would connect with at conference over the years. And so really where we saw each other was conference and special trainings and things like that. And now we have this unique experience to sit and talk about, um, You know, Beth, this is what I experienced at that event, and uh, this is what that meant uh, for me. And as we were talking, um, and Beth and I were both were sort of like digging up some of our leadership things from the past, um, it just became very evident that these are things other people might be interested in. So um, one thing that I'm interested in is Beth, and I should have asked you ahead of time, How many conferences do you think you've been to or been involved in since you've been in pregnancy health? It's a great question, Trace. You know, in my ED days, I uh, attended conferences, I know, for uh, nine out of the 10 years that I was there. Um, Then when I came on board at Heartbeat, I had like, I don't know, half of a minute of onboarding toward (laughs) the other side of conference and then became you know, pretty responsible for content and conference planning and that sort of thing. And so since then, 
that's a good 20 some years ago. I've probably been, you know, somewhere, I guess, in the neighborhood of about 30 uh, conferences on the heartbeat side, and then also attending other organization conferences in my role. So let's just say it's been a lot of conferences. (laughs) Have you gotten tired of them or do you still get excited about them? No, I'm with you, Trace. Every year I look forward to conference. It's exciting. Uh, It is such a great relational opportunity. Like you mentioned, we would connect over the years at conferences and training events, just the opportunity to get to see people, be with them face-to-face, have that experience at conference, which is one of my favorite things of realizing you're not isolated. You know, we feel that way sometimes uh, in our leadership role. And you get there and you see all these people and you realize you are part of something that is so much bigger than you and your own organization. And that's such an inspiring part of conference. No, I look forward to it every year and I can't wait until next month to go to Louisville. Me too. You know, and as you're talking about how big it is and the experience and it's so inspiring, you know, one of the things that I recognized at one point in my leadership is I would go to conference and I would have hear all of these great ideas. I would learn about new programs or uh, maybe there was a new exhibitor that had something that I thought would really benefit our center, whether it was a brochure or a new program. And you sit in all these workshops and um, so you leave with notes and everything else. But in the midst of that and uh, the schedule and maybe squeezing some fun in there, it is exciting but it can also be a little bit overwhelming. Um, And so what I actually identified um, as much as I love conference and I was going year after year, and this had nothing to do with uh, the conference experience that I was offered. It was what was I doing with it um, in that process and when I got back to my center. And so I started recognizing that, um, and you know how it is, You're out of the office for a week and you go back and you would think you would only be like, you know, one week behind, but it really feels more like two or three and you're trying to get caught up. Um, Many of us, we're buying groceries, um, trying to get the laundry caught back up that, you know, um, was accumulated over our conference week away. And I noticed that I wasn't implementing as much as I would have liked. And, um, you know, so in that, that's where this conversation really started, where we were talking about, you know, this is something I did and or this is something that you did. And so we both have done a few different things and uh, some unique things. And one of the things I identified uh, for me and I started for me and then I was like, oh, this is beneficial for my entire staff is I would go to conference with the intent of identifying three things that would be beneficial for me to enact at my center and um, to write those down and to be able to take them back debrief and, and figure out how to create a plan for making it possible to um, take those great things that I learned and continue to move forward in pregnancy health. And that would look different on different years. Um, but In time, um, I would also encourage my staff that would go with me to do this. And one of the things I would say is um, consider what you can do when you get home. What can we learn at conference that within the next couple of weeks we can get home and, and put into action? And I know one for me that was very beneficial was me actually taking time to do time assessments for what did my day look like? Because we know in pregnancy help. 
Um, there are a lot of um, urgent things that need to be responded to. There are a lot of loud alarms going off and all those kinds of things. And sometimes we get to the end of the week and we've worked really hard, but we're not quite sure what all we did um, because it's like sort of um, falling out of the raft into the rapids and you're just getting like carried away in the whitewater. And so I started doing time assessments and it changed um, my productivity. It changed my focus. It was very powerful. So I went back and put that to into effect immediately. And then I would encourage people to look at something that we can do within the next six months. Um, that might mean you need to go do some training um, so that you can come back and train the rest of us. And what can we do within a, a year? And when I went into it that way at conference and looking at all of the opportunities, it sort of helped me triage them and find what I felt would be of the most benefit and to go back and make sure that the time um, and money that I invested in the conference produced a great return. And um, so, you know, in that, Beth, as you went to conference, how did you um, make sure that your crew and those that you went with, um, like, sort of locked that in and made it useful? Yeah, that's uh, a great question, Tracy. And I love the idea of your intentionality about conference as an executive director uh, with your team and thinking about it ahead of time. I think that's one of the things we really wanted to communicate here today is just the idea of, you know, I know it's hard to get out of the center. It's hard to leave family and responsibilities. So you're working on all of that. And it's very um, understandable that you don't take time to kind of think through where are we going? What are we doing? What does that need to look like? So the intentionality on the front to do that, I think one of the most practical things that we would do is sit down with the schedule and look at what was being offered and who's going to go to what and sort of divvying things up uh, when you're working with a team. Now, if you go to conference by yourself, it's the same exercise, but you're trying to get the most bang for your buck as one person. But just, again, having that intentionality and the, the forethought of what sessions do I want to go to, what's being offered, how do I plan out my day, um, I think is another great advantage to um, just thinking, thinking it through in the beginning. Um, I think after the fact uh, is as important probably it's um, – what I would refer to as let's have the meeting after the meeting, right? The debrief, let's, and you know, you come back, you're tired, you're exhausted, you've used a lot of words uh, in that week. And so you give yourself a little bit of time to disengage and recharge, but then let's pretty quickly have a debrief and talk about what we learned and combine our, um, you know, what we gained at conference together in order to start making those kind of plans. And I love the, what can we do now? What can we do in six months? What can we do in a year? Uh, because again, you really want to guard yourself for being totally overwhelmed and doing nothing. Uh, so I, I like that plan. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes it's coming back and debriefing on the workshops or a keynote. Um, maybe you identify someone that you would love to have come speak at an event. Um, it also can be just the experience itself. You know, one of the things that um, I recognized after a couple of years is uh, the conference, the Heartbeat Conference uh, was very closely scheduled to the same time I would do my spring banquet. 
Mm-hmm. And we were at a couple of conferences and my development director was answering emails and, you know, having to respond to donors and all of a sudden, hey, we're going to bless you with this table. And then we're finding new people to get in the table. And it is in it. We recognized it made it much more difficult to get everything out of conference. And so in that debriefing, when we came back and we talked about everything, what was great, what was awesome, uh, what would we like to be different? We realized that, um the scheduling of the banquet and um, our banquet, along with the timing of the Heartbeat Conference, was important. And we actually moved um, our banquet by about six weeks uh, to give ourselves enough time. And so depending on when conference would be, as we would either go before the, the Heartbeat Conference or we give ourselves some times afterwards. And that might not seem like a big thing. But it allowed us to really pay attention and invest in both and do them both well, which was really exciting. So now, Beth, something that you mentioned that um, you encourage um, executive directors to do when they go to conference was um, talking about reporting and coming back. And I thought that was a great idea. So share that with us. Yeah, it's really, Tracy, the idea, and this came about in a very organic conversation that I had with some folks that were actually at conference and at some of our special trainings, this has come up as well. Uh, It's the idea that your organization and the leadership of your organization, uh, which is, you know, the board of directors, makes a pretty substantial financial investment uh, to send uh, you to conference, you alone or you and your team. And so, Because of that, there should be some expectation of um, reporting back. What, how did that profit our organization? How did it profit you as a leader and your team? And so thinking in terms of ROI, return on their investment, what do you take back and report to them? Here's, thank you so much for sending me. Here's what I learned and here are the key concepts and here's my action plans of the now six months and a year. The other reason that this really can be beneficial uh, to do this is because, you know, if you hear something at conference that you recognize as, huh, that's not one of the greatest strengths of our organization or it's not one of the greatest strengths of perhaps your own leadership. This is a place where in the reporting back, you can start to plant the seed of some course correction. Like I didn't realize that most centers are doing this and we're doing this. And I think that's one of the things that a board of directors should have an expectation of as they send their staff off to conference. And so just this return on investment report. So the debriefing really aids that. It's the idea, let's have the debrief, let's think in this direction, let's talk about and put together a report that we can Uh, present. That is awesome. So along um, as we're having this conversation, um, Beth and I also wanted to share like some fun things or pointers, Um, you know, sort of if you take care of the little things, the big things end up taking care of themselves. And so, you know, some of the opportunities that we have, some of the best opportunities we have is to make connections and make friends when we are at conference. I know the first um, national conference I went to was so eye-opening. 
uh, to me. I had been in the pregnancy help movement for three years and I knew the people at our banquet and at our walk. I knew the people in my center. Um, I was a, a client services director and so I was very involved and I knew a lot of our supporters and churches uh, that supported our um you know, our mission field where we were. But when I walked into my first conference, I looked around and realized that hundreds and hundreds of people, and most of them only having like, you know, somewhere between one and four from each center, that hundreds and hundreds of people had come together and we were all doing the same thing. And those connections were so powerful and um, and so important. And while we're there, we've got the opportunity to make a lot of connections. And that takes some intentionality, like having a plan. And so some of the things that um, I thought about is we would plan out that conference schedule and everyone on my team, we would know which workshops we're going to. And while we were in those workshops, one of the things that we were trying to do is make connections with other people in the workshop. Um, you might make a great friend that you can go bounce off ideas uh, with later or find out what they're doing in their community. You know, we would take the time to, uh, to talk about exhibitors. There are a lot of exhibitors and it is so exciting, but we would also be intentional. Like, do you want to try to go see every one of them or, you know, with the crew we have, are we going to be very intentional to make sure that we get to certain ones and then we can enjoy the entire exhibit hall. So as far as making connections um, with potential friends and ministry partners, um, whether that is uh, an exhibitor that offers something that's specific to pregnancy help, what ideas do you suggest uh, to people to, to be intentional and what kind of things should they be thinking of beforehand to make sure they're ready to make those connections? Yeah, really good point. And because the exhibit hall just keeps growing and growing, this becomes harder and harder to do, right? So if you're there by yourself, you can't really um, share the load with a team. I would suggest, and this is this was always one of my favorite things to do as a director, being a conference attendee and not a planner, uh, was to get that literature bag that's given out yes. at registration, get on my bed and just go through it all, right? Um, look at who's there and make a list of things that we're working on or we need resources for and sort of prioritize where do I want to go first? Because you're, you know, maybe not going to get to the entire exhibit hall. Uh, so that would be an idea. You know, splitting it up among your team is also a really good idea. And then being able to compare notes. And, you know, we talked about even the practicality with making connections, Tracy, of taking your business cards. Uh, this works in the exhibit hall as well. Being able to say to a vendor, I'm really interested in what you have to offer. I only have so much time. Here's my card. Can you can contact me mm -hmm. after the conference, which they are so willing uh, to do. So that's another uh, practical tip for how to make the most of the exhibit hall. Yeah, that is great. And then even making most of just connections, we have the opportunity to meet people from, uh, as I said, all over, not just our nation, but all over the world. And, um, you know, we really, what we do is all about relationship. We know that the best um, answer and alternative uh, to offer to someone when they're considering abortion is the, the support of another person. And that alone often shores people up to where they know that they can make the choice to choose life. 
in that, this is a great opportunity to meet with people, um, to maybe go grab, if you meet someone um, at a workshop and you make a good connection, go, hey, would y'all like to meet for coffee in the morning? Or you're going to have that free evening. There are um, international uh, partners that come in that we have the opportunity to meet with. Um, you know, one thing that's a little uncomfortable, and I'm not going to say I was always the best at doing this, but it's really great, is for your team that you're there with, when it comes time for the meals, to choose to intentionally not sit together, to go that's sit with someone else. Yep, that's a biggie. So, Ken, I mean, over the years, I would imagine you have made a lot of very important friendships um, and relationships just from doing those kinds of things. Yeah, for sure. And and I've seen it happen with uh, those attending the conference as well. So, yeah, I mean, again, that's one of the exciting things about conference. All of those relationships you've developed, sometimes it's your one time a year to see those people. And so being intentional to say, let's have coffee or let's sit down or you know, meet me for lunch and we'll sit at the same table and moving around and not just staying sort of insular with your own team, um, I think is a huge, huge uh, benefit of conference. You know, I can think right now off the top of my head um, about a couple of directors who I watched do, do that, who have become really lifelong friends, so not from the same part of the country, mm-hmm. uh, but they've become really Um, really good friends to the point of husbands are now friends and they do vacations together. And, you know, there's opportunity to develop those kind of relationships within our network because we are like-minded. And because I think this is really uh, an important part of this because it's so great and it so aligns with how we are created to be known by another person who really is known in the same way, right? So, you get me and I get you because we do the same thing and we have the same passion. And so great friendships, deep friendships can be made, but you have to be, you have to put the effort out to make that happen, right? So not staying insular, not sitting with your same clan, your posse the whole time, but really spreading out and being friendly and outgoing uh, in order to make that happen. You do. And, you know, and what's wonderful is we, while we're all coming together and we are having all of these great experiences, uh, we have the excitement of the things we're learning. We have excitement over the things that we're hoping to implement when we get back home. But as we, you know, I mentioned when we first started out, uh, it can also be a little bit overwhelming. There's a lot going on. You still have a home life. You have an office that um, is still open back at home. And um, one of the things that I think is very important to me um, about the conference is it was a time to reignite. It was a, a time to recenter and, you know, I was always passionate about what we make possible in pregnancy help, but being passionate about my role and what I was doing in it. And one of the things that I didn't take advantage of for many years, and it was because I was like, I'm tired, I'm busy, or, you know, we've got that free afternoon and we're going to go and do some kind of tour or something that um, a few years ago, I um, especially, I I was at a point that I was tired 
and I needed refreshment. And I was really um, asking the Lord, show me, um, you know, where I am and where you're calling me to be. And I took advantage of um, the individual prayer time. And, oh, my goodness, I tell everyone, do it, do it, do it. I don't care what you have to slide off your plate or your agenda. I, I don't care. It is to me, it is one of the greatest blessings that I have ever gotten out of conference. And that's saying a lot because there are so many blessings and connections. But Beth, I know that um, the particular type of prayer and how intentional uh, this prayer time is, because I think maybe people are thinking you're just in a room and it's just like, you know, a group prayer or something like that, or someone's just, you know, blessing you. Tell us a little bit about what this prayer, um, the intent of the individual prayer is um, for our participants that are coming in. Yeah, I would love to, because this is something that I am very, very passionate about and is very near and dear to my heart, just because I've seen what you're describing uh, with many, many people over many, many years. And I think it's been a significant real move of God within the Pregnancy Hope community um, because of, again, the intentionality of devoting time to prayer ministry at conference. You know, prayer ministry at conference was started, Tracy, because um, there was a real calling. Uh, there's, that's really what it was. That's what I have to call it, of um, bringing our focus back to uh, Christ-centered ministries and realizing that though the mission that we're called to is so important, so significant, and so close to God's heart, it's not fully who we are, right? We are first his children. We are first those in relationship with him. And then we get a a calling and a mission to do the work. And so prayer, this prayer ministry really is a time during conference to receive instead of give. You know, in our day-to-day and in our leadership, there's so much that we are called to give. But this prayer ministry focuses on receiving And it's personal prayer ministry done through listening prayer. And those who are really um, sort of well-trained and well-grounded in the scripture uh, to know how to really just listen to God's heart for that individual and speak it uh, in human words to them. And uh, like you you described, I have seen so many people uh, within prayer ministry at conference be blessed beyond Uh, imagination. And um, I love that you're able to give testimony to that and encourage people to do it because beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know it is, it can be a real highlight of your conference. So I'm so thankful to Heartbeat that they've kept that a priority for many, many years that it's offered at every conference. It will be on Thursday afternoon and I couldn't agree more. Everybody should go to prayer ministry and get there quick because there's only so many spots, right? So if you want to do it, uh, be intentional to register as quickly as you can. Absolutely. You do want to register quickly and, um, and, and be able to participate in that, you know, as Beth was referencing that I can testify to how amazing and important it is. Um, I can honestly say that my path over the last couple of years and even where I am now with Heartbeat, uh, it was actually at an individual prayer 
at the Heartbeat Conference that someone, a group of people that were praying for me, spoke to some very specific things that only my dearest, closest prayer partners even knew were a desire of my heart. And I'm telling you, they read my mail. And um, I walked out knowing, um, and we know that God loves us, but when things are that specific and and he is speaking to us through others, it is an encouragement. It And that time uh, helped me to hold on and wait as I was going, Lord, you know, where are you calling me? I feel a new season. What is it going to be? Um, and in the midst of it, you know, there's times that the uncertainty could make you feel trepidation. And yet when The Lord has already spoken over you through someone who's being obedient to pray for you. Um, There's a lot of hope and um, excitement in that. And so I really, really encourage people to take time on that Thursday afternoon. And something that was suggested actually in that prayer time that I would um, encourage people to do is I went in and sat down and one of the people said, you can record this if you want. And I was like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. I have listened to it again and again and again. My husband has heard it. My children have heard it. And it is on my phone. And so, you know, sometimes you want to remember exactly what were those words, exactly what was said to me. And so it's a, it's a sweet thing that you can take with you for a long time. But in that, that's part of the planning. And so we still have time before the conference. And so I encourage people to begin planning now. Make a plan. Plan the time for that individual prayer. Um, Plan a time for your team to get together and do fun things and connect and build. There are um, events and things that happen on that Thursday afternoon that's free that you can do uh, connected to the conference. Um, But if you want to get out, uh, go ahead and identify restaurants or maybe something that you want to do in town have fun, um, sightsee. We always would, I would build in a fun day. Uh, We would say one extra day. Uh, People gave up a week. And so I would give them one day having fun. Um, But with all the conferences that you've been to and um, been a part of, Beth, are there any fun experiences that happened during conference time that you wouldn't say were connected to conference, but because you were at conference, are there some things that are those just those memories that just still make your heart smile? Absolutely. hundred percent. I mean, I, they're running through my head, even as we speak, just the fun of being in a location and taking that designated time to just do the fun things along with the learning and the spiritual enrichment. Um, You know, since being at Heartbeat, I I think that some of them that come to mind, you mentioned before about our international friends that come, we always have done a fun event with them in front of conference. They come a little bit earlier to get acclimated uh, and get adjusted to time zones and that sort of thing. But I remember the year that we were out in Anaheim and we took them um, to Disney ahead of the conference. Now, think about this, this group of international directors, many of whom have never been in the United States, let alone being, you know, in Disney. And that experience is something I will never forget. But even as my own team, we would do that and play a little bit of fun. I remember one year running into um, a director that I knew well, and I was coming in the building and she was sort of like sheepishly looking at me. And I said, you okay? And she said, yeah. She said, I haven't been in there today, meaning in the conference. And I said, oh, are you feeling okay? And she said, no, I'm fine. We just planned 
a little outing. And so we're just getting back. Like she was confessing. And I said, you don't have to confess. That's totally okay that you went and did that. She said, we had the best team bonding experience. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's a lot of value in doing that. And it just makes for memories. And it is very bonding as a team. So I'm highly in favor of that as well. And and I encourage people to leave room for flexibility, but to go ahead and be thinking ahead of time because we all have been there. Um, Hey, Beth, where do you want to go to dinner? Oh, Tracy, I don't know. Where do you want to eat? And you go back and forth and back and forth. And it is easy, especially if you're in an area that's new to you. You've never been there before. Um, If you aren't familiar with what is accessible around you um, to end up just staying in. And sometimes that's fine. Sometimes a good nap and and rest is great, but, you know, going ahead and thinking about it now and and having a plan as to things you might want to do, um, we really encourage that. And then also where we um, we're talking about the debriefing, like once you're back, the meeting after the meeting, um, then and then when you're coming up on the next conference, there's some planning that is very important uh, to make sure you get the most out of your future conferences. And, um, you know, there are a lot of things in there like um, who's going to go next year. If you have a, a large enough staff, maybe you need to rotate out and why. Um, Beth, I mean, what would you say are some determining factors? What would be things that we need to consider as to why it might be important for one staff member to go this year versus next year? Yeah, I think there are lots of things that could um, play into that because it might be based on um, sort of expansion that you're doing and new programs and things that are going to be available in training that we really need right now. And so that particular part of our staff would get high priority or trying to uh, train and educate everyone in a larger team. I mean, it simply might come down to rotation. Like you go this year and then next year, somebody else will get to go and we have to take turns because, you know, we can't fund everybody going every year. Although I will tell you, Tracy, I am so encouraged to be hearing more and more about large teams. I was with um, our affiliate up in Wisconsin last summer and I recently had a phone call with her and she was just bubbling over to tell me that they were bringing like 12 or 15 of their team to conference. That's awesome. And I love hearing that. Um, I love donors who make that possible. I love boards who are so on board with that happening. So yeah, I, I think the big thing is just, again, to, to think it through, to plan ahead of time, uh, to figure out what works best for your team and what reasoning you have for one person over another. Um, that all contributes to a lot of success with maximizing your conference experience. You know, and we have something uh, now that offers a great opportunity because a lot of centers, we do need a home team and we need a go team. And then we may like switch those out each year, um, depending on what workshop tracks are available and, and who needs to be there. But with the virtual conference, it is absolutely possible for all of not just the paid staff, but your volunteer staff Mm -hmm. to be involved in conference. And um, I think that that is something that is absolutely amazing. Um, And I know that that was something I utilized with my center. Um, I remember in 2020, when we knew for sure that the conference, um, that we were going to have to do something different. um, I was so disappointed And then Harvey said, well, we're going to do it virtually. And I'm just a side note. I can't imagine what all 
y'all had to go through to make that possible. We, we um, could tell you many stories about that, Trace. That's for another oh, time. Oh, I, I'm glad I didn't have to survive that. I'm glad I came afterwards. Um, but that year, because uh, of the virtual opportunity, I had all of my paid staff and my interns do the virtual conference that year. And it was so empowering, so exciting. Um, those that might not typically go to a conference got to participate. And I was like, the value of this is so great. And so I think it's important that, um, you know, if we can take a team of two or three or four, but we've got some that are at home holding down the fort, that that is a great opportunity too, to not overlook. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you can turn that into a fun experience as well, you know, watch parties within your center with mm-hmm. snacks and, yes. you know, opportunities to be together and to, again, debrief together and uh, really make the most of those uh, opportunities. I know, Tracy, you wrote an amazing article that we published today in Pulse about this subject, and I would encourage people to go take a look and uh, see a little bit more in-depth information about vir- uh, maximizing virtual conference. Yeah. virtual conference is great. Um, You know, it's funny that sometimes it takes something like a pandemic (laughs) to to make us become extra creative. But, you know, we know that the Lord is working everything together for uh, the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. And in that, I can see that out of a very difficult time, some amazing things. Um, he brought them to pass and has just blessed them and anointed them. So as we're sort of wrapping this up, uh, we have a short list of just fun things to remember or things that you want to consider. And uh, so we're just going to um, sort of throw them out there. Um, think about these ahead of time, uh, or some of these you might want to pick up once you get on site. But Beth, snacks are important. Yes, um, they are. We, I feel like we eat at conference all the time. I feel like we've just gotten finished with like lunch and we're sitting down again. And sometimes I feel stuffed. And then suddenly, sometimes it's like, ooh, I need something. But, um, you know, snacks. And if you've got a special diet, like if you need something gluten-free or if you're doing keto or something like that, consider bringing those things along with you. Um, You know, hard candy. Um, If you're from a different part of the country, you'll often find that the climate uh, can affect things. You might want some hard candy and gum um, and, you know, of course, can pack it and bring it with you. Or if you have the opportunity, uh, drop off on the way to the hotel and um, and, and pick up a few things. Even in the hotel, Tracy, you and I have had the opportunity to be on site in our Mm pre-planning. And there are great gift shops there. There are little kiosks that have this kind of thing that you can pick up on the way. So that mm-hmm. those things are available there. They sure are. And, um, and so then also, this is important. What would your suggestions be for dressing for conference? Italian or ranch? Are you asking me Italian oh. or ranch? <laughs> no. Uh, dressing. How to dress. Yeah. You know, I think um, in this environment of being vi- busy and a little bit, um, packing a lot in. It's important to be comfortable, right? So we want to rep the pregnancy health community well. Uh, So we want to make sure that, you know, we're not wearing our jammies to conference, but um, we don't have to necessarily maybe be as dressed up as we would for a day of work. And so comfort is definitely part of it. Layering is a really good idea because I just love every year that we read, um, evaluations after the conference. (laughs) The first one says it was too hot. The second one says it was too cold, right? So a jacket, a sweater, whatever it's going to take in layers so that you can 
adjust well to the temperature. Shoes, I, I can't emphasize enough. At, at Heartbeat, we've already started uh, talking about and being vocal about now is the countdown for breaking in shoes six weeks out from the conference. Don't break your new shoes in at conference. And so shoes are really, really important. Um, you know, being being who you are, being comfortable, and then taking those things into consideration. Yes. And then some of the little small things you want, might want to consider. And um, and I say these because I would see people at conference going around polling people, hey, do you have this? Do you have this? Do you have this? Uh, you may want to bring ibuprofen or Tylenol uh, if you suffer from allergies, have a little bit of allergy medicine, maybe some Benadryl in there or, you know, a little cold medicine. Sometimes the flight and the travel, uh, like I said, the new, the new climate uh, can make a little bit of a difference. In the hotel, I always like to have a little bit of cash and some quarters uh, just in case. A lot of vending machines now will take a card, but not all of them will. And sometimes even if it will take a card, that one won't because it's not cooperating or it just doesn't like your card. So consider those things. And um, I also encourage people to be intentional about that home team. When you are going to the exhibit hall, there are all kinds of great giveaways and gifts. And um, you're, there are sometimes uh, giveaways and gifts that you're going to get in your literature back. There's uh, things there, books. Um, if you're out, even a postcard or a small souvenir. Um, I have always had the opportunity to take back um, to my um home team, some sweet gifts from the conference for those that weren't able to go that year. And it just feels like a little bit more of a connection. And, um, and so I don't know, do you have any other parting suggestions that would just, um, you know, make the conference just a little sweeter? Yeah, I think on a totally practical level, just some things to add to what you're saying. We already talked about that there are kiosks, there's little gift shops, there's, um, cafes to be able to pick up those kinds of things in the hotel. Keep in mind if you're driving, and this is a nice central location this year that a lot of people will be able to drive to, packing water in your car. Water is always so expensive in the hotel. So, you know, water bottles and those sorts of things that you can bring in with you. You mentioned about making a plan for out of the hotel experiences. We do have the Convention and Visitors Bureau that will be on site that will be able to give some good tips on what's uh, available. Having been there, we know that so many things are walkable. So if you're wondering about that, it's a safe area. There are restaurants that are walkable. You can get out. We're very close to um, some great things that you might want to just go and have a look at. So that's available to you as well. You mentioned cash and cards, which made me think about there are safes and all of the rooms. And so you can utilize those, not having to carry around your entire wallet or purse. Uh, that's something to try to put your mind at ease as well. And um, taking gifts back, that's always such a kind gesture and it's fun and it's a memory uh, of that particular year's experience. And Heartbeat will have some things as well as the other vendors that you can take advantage of. But all in all, it's just... Um, it is our big event of the year. It is a highlight uh, from a training perspective, from a spiritual enrichment perspective, from just a different environment. I mean, sometimes just getting out of your day-to-day -day and being in a different place can be um, enriching. It can be encouraging. It can give you a different perspective. So I would just say, you know, do it to the max. Absolutely. 
whatever you can do to make it a great experience, it will be worth the investment. Absolutely. I agree. And so I know that Beth and Christine and I are so looking forward to seeing all of you at conference this year and the years to come. So Christine. Yeah, it's so fun to hear both of your experiences. We've got the heartbeat staff side and we have the attendee side and it's a different experience for both, but there's a lot of similarities. I think the big thing is that we just love to be in person with you as staff. We don't always, we do a lot of phone calls, emails, things like that, but it is so great to be in person. So that's what I'm really looking forward to. And um, again, that's April 26th through 28th. There's also the in-depth day that happens beforehand. You can find out all that information at heartbeatservices.org, as well as the virtual conference. We talk about how great it is to be in person, but if you're not able to travel, if it just does not work for you to go in person, that is such a good opportunity for you. So to find out a little bit more, you can actually read about every single workshop, uh, read about the keynote speakers, make a plan, and you know hopefully you'll be able to use a lot of these tips that we've talked about today. Uh, be sure to subscribe, and uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the Pregnancy Help Podcast.